Welcome to Miami Valley Church and happy Father's Day. My name is Pastor Jed and if you're just joining us for the very first time today, I want to say welcome. I hope that you are in a house church today. I hope that you're around friends and family as we go through God's Word together. As a family of believers, we have been doing our best to listen as the Lord speaks and one of the things that He has been speaking to us is community. And so we have been sharing scripture that he is showing us and talking about community and what it looks like. We were created to do life together, not to be isolated, not to be alone. So if you find yourself alone today, we want to help you to get around others. We'll talk more about this later on in the teaching, but we have been going through it all, through all of God's word together, and we find ourselves in the wilderness section, the book of Exodus. If you're just joining us today, you can catch up by going to our YouTube channel, Miami Valley Church. But more than that, we want you to experience community. Get involved in a house church. Invite someone over to dinner. Get to know them. Remember, it's as simple as inviting someone to share a meal together around the table. I hope that you will join us in our time together around the table on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. at the Life Center at Carnegie. Don't put it off one, one more week. I know that there is a lie that the enemy tells you, oh, I'll just get it next week. I'm too busy this week. What, if, what would happen if someone would uh, speak something about me while I'm there? The lies that the enemy tells, stop listening to them. Start now. Would you join us Tuesday evenings, 8 p.m. at the Life Center at Carnegie? Last week, Dr. Cox, Dr. Cox talked about the transitions in life, and he showed us from the book of Exodus the people and they were transitioning out of this life of being slaves and bondage to now living as free people as God was leading them. He talked about how life's transition moments are opportunities for us that we get to reorient, we get to reshift, and we get to refocus. And I hope that created a great discussion in your house church as you shared maybe where you are in a job, with school, in a relationship, or maybe even spiritually and where you are now. Maybe you're not where you want to be and you're not there yet, but you are in a transition moment. And I hope that you take this opportunity right now to reshift, to refocus, to reorient back to God. Wherever you are in this transition, you have the opportunity right now. We looked back over the commands that God gave the people and how it is a gift to hear from the Almighty and His powerful voice. But there is a problem. Our natural tendency, as Dr. Cox showed us last week, is to retreat when God speaks. In Exodus 20, God speaks and the people retreated. They took a step back. It said that they stood at a distance. And so that's right where we're going to pick back up. If you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and turn to Exodus 20, chapter 20. We're going to look at verse 22. But before we do that, let's pray together. Almighty most holy, sovereign, all-knowing, everlasting God. Lord, you have blessed this time right now for us to hear you, for us to be still and to listen as you speak through your word. God, as you show us how you have been leading your people. God, I pray that our eyes would be open, that our ears would be open, God. As you speak to us today, God, soften our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, let's go ahead and turn to Exodus 20. We're going to be starting in verse 22. And it said, And the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. Verse 23, Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Okay, so to get the full picture here in this section, remember God speaks to the people and he tells them who he is and how they are to live. The text says in verse 18, when the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance trembling with fear. The people say to Moses, you speak to us. Don't let God speak to us or we will die. So God says here to Moses, tell the people you saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. You experienced me firsthand. This isn't a story passed down. 
remember me as we have been going through all of God's word together, through it all. Remember this language. We hear this language all throughout the story. Remember uh, back with me through Genesis, we, we see that he is the God of Abraham. We see that he is the God of Isaac and he is the God of Jacob. And we see these stories passed down through the generations, generation through generation. It just reminds me of scripture that re- reminds us of how faithful God is generation to generation. But we, we hear that he is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. These stories pass down about who he is and all that he has done. But he says here, he says, I want to be your God. I want you to know me personally. And I want to ask you today, have you heard about him? Maybe from your parents or your grandparents or your friends or stories about him? God wants you to know him Personally, He wants to be in a relationship with you, the creator of the universe, the one who breathed all of the stars into existence, wants to speak to you and to reveal himself to you listening to this today. He wants you to know him as your God, not just about what you have heard, but he wants you to know him personally. He tells Moses, he says, tell the people, you have heard me clearly. Remember this. Don't forget this moment. Family, I want us to see this, that when we experience God, the enemy wants us to forget about it as quickly as possible. He wants to distract us with something else as quickly as he can. He tries to get our focus off of God, who he is, all that he has done and all that he does. And he tries to drag us away. He tries to to lure us out with temptation. We see it in the book of James later on in the New Testament. It's this word, it's a fishing term, and it's to be to be drug away, to, to be lured out. It's what happens when you go fishing, right? You, you lure the fish out. But the problem is, is when we are lured out, when we are distracted by this bait, what we can't see is this hook underneath. And it's what our enemy wants to do. He wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. He wants to blur our memory and twist what God spoke. Ultimately, the question he wants us to wrestle with is this. Did God really say? Family, it's so important that number one, that we are listening. And then number two, that we would hold on to what God speaks to us, that we would hold on to his promise. It's why we've been encouraging you since the beginning of this year to get into God's word every single day. We have provided a unified reading plan to be in God's word together, to write it down in these journals that we've given you along the way. And if you don't have one and you need one, would you reach out to us at start at miamivalley.org and we would be glad to give you one. The Lord wants to speak to you. He desires to have a relationship with you where he speaks to you. Are you listening? Let me say that again. The creator of the universe wants to speak to you. We must be in his word to know his voice. John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Not to just keep it to yourself, but we were never meant to do this on our own. As you hear God's voice, write it down, but don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with your family, share it in your home, share it with your house church, share it with this community of believers, get around other people. And that's what's been so beautiful about our times together in community. Time after time we share, hey, this is what the Lord is speaking to me individually. And we see it confirmed around the table. We've heard it numerous times. Hey, I've heard something similar this week. Listen what God is sharing. Listen to this verse. And we hear it confirmed around the table. And this is what happens. He reveals how he has put this family of believers together. Each each one of us with our own gift, each one of us uh, encouraging one another and spurring each other on. And every time we get together as a community of believers, we should ask ourselves, are we deeply in love with Jesus? And do we truly love each other? Let's get back in the text. The Lord says, do not replace me or try to replicate me. Uh Uh-oh. If you've been listening uh, through this series with us and following along through the book of Exodus, in Exodus 20, he gives us these commands. And one of these we just heard. 
We just heard when the Lord laid out the commands, the second command, he says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or of any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not worship or bow down to them or worship them. I want you to worship me, says the Lord. Nothing compares to God. He tells them, he says, I am jealous. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate the affection of any other gods. Him repeating the second command family tells us that we need to pay attention anytime in scripture that he repeats something. Family, we need to pay attention. How many times all throughout scripture does he say, listen, pay attention, listen to me. Would you just listen to me? And we are all guilty and taking a step back and standing at a distance when we experience God, when we hear God. And I think there's a couple reasons for this. Number one, I think sometimes we don't want to listen to him and we just want to play ignorant. Oh, I can just say I didn't know what the Lord wanted. But is that his fault? No, it's ultimately our fault because we never took the time to just be still and listen. It's just one of the reasons why we don't listen. Number two, we don't want to hear what he is going to say and what needs to change in us. Remember that it starts in our heart first. And from our heart, it goes into our home. And from our home, it goes into our neighborhood. And from our neighborhood, it goes throughout this community. And from this community, it goes to this valley and beyond. It's what he has been showing us. And we don't want to listen sometimes because there are going to be things in us that he wants to change. But we want to make an idol out of him. It's why he reminds the people, do not make an idol out of me. We want to make an idol out of him because we want to pull him out when there is an emergency situation. And we want to put him back when he speaks something to us that requires change. We don't want to hear it. And it's just one of the reasons why we don't listen. But the Lord desires, he wants his people to listen to him. He desires for his people to hear him and to know his voice. Remember after hearing him, it says the people stood at a distance. They, they backed up, yet he is still pursuing them. He is still wanting to be with them and to be their God. He knows that they will fall back into creation. He is the Lord. He is their creator. He knows his creation. He knows that the temptation is going to be to fall right back into old patterns. Dr. Cox made a statement last week about the people. He said, God in one day took his people out of Egypt. It only took one day for God to deliver his people from Egypt. But it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And I want to ask you, how are you doing? Is there something you can't keep yourself from falling back into? Are there old patterns, old ways that you just keep falling back into? Are you trying to do it alone? Have you taken it before God? Have you prayed about it before God? Have you laid it at his feet or are you still trying to do it alone? We were never meant to do this journey alone. Let me ask you this, do you have community around you? What we talked about earlier, do you have community around you who is encouraging you, who is holding you accountable, who is praying for you and over you and with you? Are you allowing people into your life? Family relationships require sacrifice, giving up your time, energy, and pouring into individuals. Let me just say a word right now. Sometimes, sometimes community and sometimes uh, just being in relationship with people it just requires showing up. It's a sacrifice of just saying, hey, I, I am just going to show up tonight and I'm just going to listen to someone. It requires something of us. It requires us to allow people into our mess and to be honest with them. Family, we were never in, intended to go through this life alone. The Lord tells Moses, he says, tell the people you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. The Lord spoke directly from heaven, not through some inanimate object like an idol. The Lord did not and still does not want to be identified with any created object. He is the creator. He is not creation. The commandment to avoid idols was important. It was and is to the Lord. He wants us to worship him and him alone. 
He is in heaven reigning over all of creation, all of nature. He is not a force of nature like other pagan gods imagined by humans. He is the creator. When we as humans try to represent him as an idol, it lowers him to a level uh, of his creation that he created. God must be honored as the creator and as the creator recognized as the ultimate authority who is the lawgiver. Family, if we truly call him God, he should have full authority over everything in our lives. Let me ask you this. What is the area in your life that you are struggling with giving up control? When we attempt to lower him down as an idol created as an image, then we pick and choose what we think is best to do for us instead of, ta- instead of taking his word as full authority. We want to choose, hey, this is, this is best for me. I'm going to put him up. Oh, but when that emergency situation, it comes back, I'm going to pull him out. That's not how it works. He says, do not make an idol. As the lawgiver, he establishes a self-governing system, which we flourish best in, and we serve one another. Family, this is what the law is. The Ten Commandments and the laws that, that follow this, they clearly establish this system, this economy that he intended to be self-governing, where the people acknowledge God directly and individually as their king, as their ruler. The Lord gave the people the law to establish self-governance as a superior way of living and appointed Israel, his people, to serve a priestly function to to, um, demonstrate effective living in its neighbors. In the New Testament, Jesus is asked by one of the religious leaders, he's, he's asked, teacher, which of the great commandment is, which is the greatest of all the commandments? And he says to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. And then as we read on in verse 24 of Exodus 20, we see, he says, build an altar for me an altar made of earth, and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and your goats and your cattle. Build an altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And so this is what we are to take out of this. Whether an altar was made of earth or stone, its purpose was to worship the Lord. The altar was never about the altar itself, but the one who was to be worshiped. It's also not about the effort of the altar maker. It's never supposed to be about, look what I can do, or look what what I can build, look what we can do. This is what the enemy does. He wants to distract us. He wants to uh, get us looking on something else and keep our focus off of him, the one who is to be worshipped, to focusing on the wrong thing, our efforts. Look what we can do. Look what we've done. The altar, it was, and it still is, all about worshipping the maker of all things. But I want you to see today that he gives two specific offerings in this verse, verse 24. Look at this, Exodus 20, verse 24. Don't miss this today. He says, build for me an altar made of earth and altar your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and your goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered and I will come to you and bless you. Let's look at these two offerings very quickly. The burnt offering, it was a sweet savor to God. It was an offering of acceptance. A life was given through sacrifice, representing total devotion to God in every area of that life. The offering, it was completely burnt out, meaning nothing was left, giving your everything to him. The burnt offering family, it required that the sacrifice be three things. Number one, it had to be clean. The animal that was going to be sacrificed, it could not feed off of the death of of another animal. It had to be clean. Number two, it had to be domestic from the herd or flock uh, of the one who was offering uh, that they owned. It had to cost them something. Domestic animals, they are easily led. 
does that sound at all familiar? It had to be clean, it had to be domestic, and last, it had to be a male and without blemish. It had to be perfect, spotless. Does that sound familiar at all, church family? And we'll see this later on in our series uh, through it all as we go through the book of Leviticus, as the Lord lays out details, instructions on the burnt offering. It says, the burnt offering is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Hold on to that. Let's look at the peace offering. The peace offering was an offering of reconciliation to show that the offerer has been made right and reconciled with a holy God family. Do you see it? This is a foreshadowing of the perfect sacrifice that was given for us. Ephesians 5.2 says, Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Check this out, a pleasing aroma to God. Family, Jesus came as our offering, the one who became the peace between us and God by dying for us and enabling us to enjoy Christ with God and with man for our mutual satisfaction and of enjoyment. Jesus fulfilled what animal sacrifices could never fulfill. The book of Hebrews 10.8, it says, First Christ said, You do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings of sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And that should give you joy today as you are hearing that once and for all, over and over and over and over again, all throughout the Old Testament, we will see these offerings that had to be made. But Jesus says, I came to do the Father's will. He says, I will do the Father's will. His will was for us to be made holy by the body of Jesus, God's one and only Son, once for all time. It didn't have to be repeated over and over and over again. Once for all time. Is that the truth that you need to just hang on to today? Jesus paid it all on the cross for your sins, for my sins. He died for our sins. He came so that we could have peace with a holy God. And so as we close this chapter in Exodus, we are left with some questions that we must ask ourselves and audit that we must do internally. Let me ask you this today. Where's your heart at? Are you really desiring to seek after him and wanting a relationship with him? Or do you wanna just pull him out in an emergency situation and put him back when you don't wanna listen? Are you listening? Are you spending intentional time with him? Family, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you personally today. What needs to change in here? I can almost guarantee you right now, he's speaking something in to your heart, something that doesn't look like him, something that maybe you've been falling back into old patterns, old ways, and he's calling you out of it. What needs to change in here today? How are you doing about being intentional and loving people? Are you willing to give up something to be in real community with others? Are you believing the lies that the enemy is speaking into you that's holding you back from being in community? Oh, I'm too busy. I don't have anyone around me. I couldn't possibly let someone into this mess. No one cares about me. Oh, if I do that, they're going to judge me. Family, if this is where you are living, stop. Stop listening to that voice and listen to the one who is speaking life into you. Those lies that are keeping you from experiencing true community. You need to stop listening to that. Listen to the Lord. And lastly, I want to ask you this, how is your worship? What are the things in your life that are taking priority or for giving him praise each and every day? Do you see what Jesus has done for you? So this is how I want to end today for you and your house church. I want all of you together 
to read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. It's gonna be on the screen. And I want you to go to the Lord's table together. All of us as a church family, houses all across this valley, all across this world. May we go to the Lord's table together. And I'm gonna ask someone, if you would, to serve in your house church right now. Would you grab some crackers? Would you grab some juice? And would you serve those around uh, your home, around your table right now as you're engaging in God's truth together? As we read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, at this table, family, when we come to this table together, we uh, do not focus on our problems or our situation, but instead we focus on Christ. Reading this passage together, reading this, this truth together right now, I want us to think about what has been done for us, and it should give us so much joy. It should ultimately lead us into praise of him, the one who has paid it all and all that he has done. Let's pray right now. Almighty, holy God, Lord, in these moments right now, I just pray, God, that we would see what you have done for us through your one and only son, Jesus Christ, what he has done for us on the cross, that he took on the weight of my sin and our sin. He took the full wrath of God. He lived a life of perfection, going to that cross for me. I pray that the listener right now would experience the joy that Jesus wants to give them, the weight of their sin being lifted as they put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. May we experience that joy right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thank you.